0: This program is sponsored by Amplified Peace.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome to Amplified Peace. We are all about exploring how we can listen, learn, and live differently in this crazy world. Together we want to discover the impact of empathy, the strength of unity, the power of love, and the beauty of humanity. I'm your host, Lisa Jernigan. Well, every once in a while, you run across, you meet somebody that comes into your life and you ask them, tell me your story. And as they start sharing their story, you realize that you're sitting in sacred space and you're listening to a story that is so beyond comprehension, you actually have no box to hold it. And so I want to just kind of give a disclaimer. Today, you're going to hear a remarkable story that's um, full of a lot of pain and hurt and some abuse. But yet it's a beautiful story of how God has been a part of of the story and a part of redemption and reconciliation. And so today as we go, I want you to meet somebody. um, Her name is Shema. And Shema was born and raised in Rwanda. She now lives in the States. And we just want to amplify her voice because she has a story to share, a story that we can learn from about pain, but also about beauty, because it's about Jesus and it's about hope. So let's welcome Shema to Amplify Peace.
2: Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Uh, as Lisa said, my name is Shema, and I was born and raised in Rwanda, Central East Africa. And I moved here into the U.S. when I was 15 years old, and I started high school here Um Today, I am a mother of three sons, and I work as a chef, I love to cook, but I have a passion to share uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, God gave me this wonderful life uh, full of different experiences and he wants me to share with his children and that's what I'm doing today. So when I share my story, Um, It starts with my mother. My mother was a a 16-year-old woman, girl, not woman, really. And she she couldn't go to school because at the time in Rwanda, Tutsi children, they were not allowed to stay in school. She was in school until she started high school and all the Tutsi children were taken out of school. And she comes from a very poor village, and there was nothing for her to do but to help her family in the village. And they didn't have a big farm, so she had to get a job in the city as a maid. And when she started working for this family, um, not long after, the husband in that family took advantage of her, raped her, and got her pregnant and kick her out of the, uh, the home, and she went back into the village to live with her parents. The good thing is that her parents were God-loving. They took her in, and at the time, even now, when you get pregnant like that, you're bringing shame to the whole family. The whole village knows about you. It's, you can't get a husband after that. So I can only imagine back in the 80s, what my mother was going through but likely her family loved her they took care of her and then she had me and growing up in that family where i was very loved by my grandparents and the tutsi families they were known to live together it, it was all my uncles my aunties their children everybody lived around each other and I was the little one at the time. So I remember so much love from everyone, but that didn't last for a long time. When I was five, I was kidnapped from her and it, it was a horrifying experience because to this day, it's been 35 years, but I still remember what happened that day. It, it was truly traumatizing, um, I was kidnapped and then I woke up in a different family and as a, fi- a five-year-old, it's um, it's a pain in, that I cannot be able to describe, waking up with people that you don't know. You just came from a family that loved you into a family that don't care about you, really don't even wish you existed. Um, I was not allowed to talk about my mother anymore. And when I asked about her, I was beaten, punished really viciously. To this day, I still have some uh, marks on my body from the beatings. Um, So I grew up like that. I was never able to see my mother uh, in person again until now. But when I was 11, the genocide war happened. A lot of people in Rwanda or in the world, they know Rwanda because of the genocide war that happened. And uh, that was, it's, it's hard to describe how, in the view of an 11-year-old, how people were killing each other. And in my mother's family, we lost over 60 people. So all those beautiful people that I grew up with, when I was five, that I remember there's only two left. There's my mother and her sister. Everybody else got killed. And the fact that my mother left, she survived. Um, I thank God for it because today it would have been a different story, but I still have hope that I'm gonna see her again because she's alive. And um, today I'm able to speak to her on the phone I still wish and hope to see her um, so I can give her this big hug that I've been waiting to give her. Um, but knowing that all these people got killed and I'll never see them again, it's been truly uh, a trial. And forgiving people like that, that killed all your family members, its, it's it was hard. But... The way I understand, at least when I pray, uh, the way the Holy Spirit helped me to understand is that these people who killed their neighbors, they were taken by evil force. Because there's there's no normal human who can get up and take a machete and kill another person. And when you think of it that way, you you feel like it, it was not truly them. They were possessed. And from that, you you start thinking of forgiving the person. And when you forgive, just the first step of forgiving, I feel like there's power that God gives you to move on and you can be able to live your life. And I found that it's mostly for for yourself, not really so much for another person. Um so after the war, I didn't I still was not close to God. I didn't know how to pray really. But after the genocide, the family that I lived with had a, a bodyguard. And he was a young man too. He was probably like 21 years old. And I know he had lost his family too. His mother was killed, and he watched his mother's body get eaten by dogs. But the fact that this young man knew Jesus and loved Jesus, and he worked for this family, and he used to take me and the other children in that family into a Christian church. He wasn't allowed to, but he took us anyway. And from there, I started loving the gospel. I started loving the songs, the worshiping, and learning how to read the Bible. And I started searching for Jesus. And I searched and I found him. And I started having a relationship with Jesus. And I remember when I was sad. I will have a dream of seeing Jesus Sealing, sitting on his lap. He will come for me and it will give me joy that's not from this world. And from that, I started building my life with Jesus. For me, praying is not something I do because I need something from God, it's my daily. Everyday life. I pray for every single thing. I depend on Jesus for everything. There's times in my life where I didn't have food to feed my children, and I pray about it. And I've seen miracles. I've seen Jesus send me people in my life that I never imagined that I can even meet. Um, Or even having the job that I have today. It all came from prayers and, um, and, and nothing makes me happy than sharing these experiences that I have with Jesus.
1: You know, it's for those that are listening, I'm sure this has been very hard to, to hear. And, uh, again, it's thank you for just being vulnerable and sharing a very hard story. And you, you know, I, I just remember the first time I heard it. And again, I, I didn't know, like, how do you hold it? It's, it's a sacred space. Um, yeah. and, and, and your story. And I have been to Rwanda and I have seen villages. I have listened to stories. Um, I have heard about forgiveness and again, it's forgiveness at a whole nother level that I, I yes. don't really know what to do with when, you have looking in the eyes of somebody who has killed your entire family and yet you choose to forgive and live next door to them. That's otherworldly. One of the things I have always so appreciated about you is you just radiate joy. You you truly do from the inside out. And I wish our listeners could see your face right now because (laughs) you have the biggest smile on your face. And it just comes from from your heart, from the inside. And a lot of people would look at and hear this and go, how could you have joy after all the loss and after all that you have experienced? Can you talk
2: to us a little bit about joy? Where does that joy come from? Well, the joy comes from the Holy Spirit. I feel what I have experienced because I went through uh, depression. And I remember when I was 12 years old, I actually attempted uh, suicide because um, I was really on the low. And I used to feel like if I was born the way I was born, maybe God doesn't love me. Those are the thoughts that the devil has planted in me um, because I wasn't loved, and I, there was no affection. There was no mother loving me. There was no father loving me. So I got to the point where I felt like maybe God doesn't love me. But likely when I started going to church and started learning about Jesus and him appearing in my dreams and really life changed for me. I found out that when you pray, when the Holy Spirit is in you, sadness can not stay in you. They just can't live together. And when the Holy Spirit is in you, you have this joy that comes from God. And you just can't hide it. It comes from inside and out. And you find yourself happy in a situation that you shouldn't even be happy, really. Other people will look at you and wonder how you're going through these things and you are happy. But it's it's the happiness from a different side. It's, it's not from anything in the world that can give you that happiness. Mm. Um, so it is from that. Well, and you find,
1: I know, uh, you know, when I lost my mom, uh, I realized that I could be extremely sad mm-hmm. and okay at the same time. Like I could hold both, right? I'm okay because yeah. I know where she's at, I know the right answers, I'm okay. But in but my, my humanness, I'm grieving. I'm, yes. I'm really sad, and so I think that's a little bit what you're saying. It's like this joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. Yes, you can be joyful, and yes. yet, and yet, still hold pain, and because yes. and you don't forget, you're still. You that, but, but God supernaturally
2: gives us joy
1: to continue
2: yes. forward. Yeah. And I, I found that I had an experience last year where my husband passed away. He was only 42 years old. Uh, he was sick for a long time. And um, it's very painful, very painful. But knowing that. The day he passed the the encounter that I saw, the fact that I pray and ask God, please don 't let this man die by himself. I want to be there with him. I want the children to be there with him, and He gave me that it 's incredible that I was sitting with him, and the kids were there, and we were all prepared because God, with his grace, he gave us time to prepare to know that he was going to die. And saying goodbye to him and watching him praying and 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 saying goodbye to us. There was joy knowing that he prayed, he made peace with God, he said goodbye to us. But yes, it was painful to lose him. Yes, it was painful to, to know that he's not living a full life. But that's the life that God gave him. But today. When I cry, when I miss him and I cry, I recently had a dream that God was talking to me and he said, the person you're crying for is here with me. Why -hmm. are you crying? And I woke up and and I was happy just knowing that he made it. He made it home. Mm -hmm. But yes, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to miss him. But I choose to remember the good things and I choose to remember that he's in God's hand. And lucky for him, he made it. And I have to work for myself to make it to God when my time comes. So the joy continues because God gives that to us. Mm. You have
1: such a great outlook of looking, like you said, I'm extremely sad sitting at the bedside of my husband, who I'm about ready to lose, and lose too young. And yet, God was good to me. You can say that. I think. A lot of times we have things happen in our life, bad things happen that don't seem fair.
2: Yeah,
1: and it's really hard to say God is still good in those moments and in those times. Yeah. And yet, you have, I think, had to practice that in many ways because you've yeah. had a lot of situations where, and, and through all of this, we have situations in our lives a lot of times that happen that we never want to happen and we don't anticipate. And then it requires us to need God in new ways, in different ways. And we always hear that God is with us. He never leaves us. And you don't know how true that is until you really say, God, be with, I need you to be with me. Mm -hmm. And because I literally cannot do it alone. And I don't want to do it alone. Can you talk about kind of that withness of God with you in these moments and these moments of, um, aloneness these lonely this moment these moments of pain what does that witness of
2: God mean to you well it's it's everything um like the example I can give is again with my husband uh, the most painful thing was to get him out of the house and put him in a nursing home that part was the most painful thing but I had to walk. I remember I started walking one mile, which was really hard for me. But then I started walking every day until I started walking seven miles. And me walking was really praying. And I prayed so much about taking this decision, making this decision to send him away because I couldn't take care of him anymore. But through that, Going to work every day, talking to God about it, he spoke to me and he gave me the favor to understand and to accept that I have to give him the help that he needed. So in those long times when nobody can make that decision for me but myself, I depended on God. I depended on his voice and his guidance because I didn't want my husband to think that I'm tired of him. I'm going to get rid of him. In my mind, I thought that's what he was going to think. So, but God gave me all the signs and peace to make that decision. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have done it without his strength. A lot of people wonder how it happened, how I prepared the children to accept that dad was going to go in heaven. That all came from taking a long time with God every day and telling him every single thing that I was going through and knowing that he was with me. And and the way that I saw that he was with me is that I asked him three things. I told him, now that you have told me in the dream that he was going to pass, I want to make sure that he gets saved. I want to make sure that he makes it to you because there's no point of having a wife who pray, who love you, and the husband does not make it to you. And the other thing I asked is that he die in my hands. And the last thing I asked was to give him a beautiful funeral. And when he passed, I had $1,100 in my bank account. And I went to plan his funeral like a daughter of a king. I mean, I asked for flowers and everything that I wanted. And the bill was 2,300 and no, 23,000. And I did not know where that money was going to come from. But God is amazing. Within one week, I had more than 30,000. I gave him a wonderful going away. And when you see that the things you asked, God responds, then you know that He is with you because mm-hmm. there's no way that I could have done that without Him.
1: Um, again, holding the story. Um, I think a lot of people listening right now would go, You have every right to go, to stay stuck, to go, I, you know, stay in a place of being a victim. You have every right. Yeah. And yet you have chosen to move forward and to move forward with God. Like God touched your life and it transformed you from the inside out. And the, in the last few minutes we have, talk about you have three beautiful sons that you yes. were raising, surrounded by love, knowing Jesus. So talk about that. Like your hope for the future, you're, you're pouring into your sons, the next generation, you're changing generational Trauma, yeah. anyways, yeah. right? Um, talk about that and what gives you the hope? And you keep going and pouring into your
2: boys, and what do you want them to know going forward? What I want my children to know, what I want to give them, is the relationship with Jesus. I feel like um, when I tell them about Jesus, when I tell them the stories, when we read the Bibles together, um, I feel like I'm doing my job as a Christian mom. The thing that I can leave my child is the knowledge of God. Because the time when I won't be here, I know that they will be fine because they know who they belong to. So we pray, we sing, we we read Bible together. and they, and And I love to see that they love Jesus as much as I do Because I feel like I did my job. The thing that was really worrying me uh, the most when I gave birth to Edwin, my firstborn, was am I going to be able to teach him about God? Uh, Is he going to be like the people in my family that I know who does not worship the God that I worship? Uh, Those things were worrying me. But as I pray for him and as I teach him and his siblings, I see now today that it's working. He got baptized two months ago, and um, I, I hope that he, he's, they're going to serve God. And um, I hope maybe one of them become a pastor. That would be the best thing in my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were raising three amazing young men. Yes,
1: and they adore their mama. Yes, yeah. and you are, you are totally pouring into them love, and they know they're loved, and that's for sure. And that's the greatest gift we can give people, right? That they would know they're loved. And I remember somebody once said, you know, the question you should ask at the end of the day is, did I love well? Yes. At the end of the day, did I love well? Did I love those closest to me? Did I love others around me? And you are somebody who loves well and continues, and you are a woman of strength and courage and resilience. You're an amazing mom. You're an amazing friend, and um, this world is a better place because you're in it, and mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you for being an example and and really directing us to Jesus, who is our answer and who is our hope above all all else, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in today at this moment, God really is enough. And that's really the message you've been speaking to us. Well, as always, I just want to thank everyone for being a part of this podcast and our Amplified Peace community. For more information on living as a peacemaker in today's world, connect with us at amplifiedpeace.com. And you can also follow us on all social media. Shalom.
0: This program was sponsored by Amplified Peace.